Hello, love. Welcome to Floating on a Cloud podcast. It is the feeling you get when you are connected to your divine guidance. Sarah Sparks interviews guests to share their story on how listening to their divine guidance positively changed their life for good. Let's make listening to your divine guidance an everyday occurrence. Hello, love. Welcome back to Floating on a Cloud podcast. As you know, I'm Sarah Sparks, and today we're talking with Judith Ritchie. It is, her message is around, it is possible to transform your life into a life you've only dreamed of. The having it all, quote unquote, kind of life you think is only for others. The life where you live out your dreams and hit all your goals. Judith is living proof of that. And the transformation she has experienced has been so significant, she's obsessed with helping others experience it for themselves. Judith left a career, a successful career at that, from that looked like from the outside that she had it all going on. What only a few knew was how completely miserable and, and unhealthy she was. She took bold action and started a path to find healing and transformation. That path led Judith to becoming a certified practitioner. Being a healing from the body level up practitioner, Judith releases negative energies, trauma, harmful generational and family patterns, and damaging life experiences that are that are holding you back from having your dream life. How are you, love? I'm good, Sarah. Thank you for having me on with you today. Yes. So that is a lot of heavy stuff that you must deal with and coach through and guide people through a lot. It is. And it's interesting. And I think this is one of my gifts is that it just flows through me. I never hold on to anything that has happened in a client session. Um, I am their guide. I walk with them alongside them their stuff flows through me I'm able to tap in with them but I never hold on to any of it and that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing yeah and this question came up and maybe as part of your story that you could share but what happened for you to want to go down this path and and become a practitioner and to yes you wanted to find healing and transformation but what was going on that, okay, everything's looking great on the outside, but really you were miserable and unhealthy. Was there like a life-changing conversation or event or thought that happened? All of the above. (laughs) I am, and it kind of goes back to, I was probably in about second grade and I had just finished doing a week long at vacation Bible study. I mean, by vacation Bible camp. I don't know for those of you who are from the South, that's a big deal. You know, kids go to the, to a vacation Bible school in the uh, summer for a week. And at this one, we got to make all these cool crafts. And there was this one particular craft that I'd really been looking forward to making because I was finally old enough to do it. It involved matches and, you know, fire. So there was some danger to it. I was very excited about it. The last day we're leaving and I've got all my little crafts and I'm taking him out to the car and there's this little toddler guy. He's probably about three and he's just boohoo crying on the sidewalk because he didn't get to make that craft that I had gotten to make that I had waited so long to make. And I went over and gave him mine 
And I thought that was a beautiful thing. He was so excited. And my mother was furious with me. In fact, I got my, you know what, handed to me because she was just furious. And she didn't explain to me why, but we got to the car and it was not a pretty scene. And that was the beginning of me realizing that if I didn't do what other people wanted me to do, there were going to be horrible consequences in my life. And my mother told me without telling me that you don't give your stuff away. You don't do that type of stuff. You don't give in to that. Um, and at eight, you know, I had a really hard time cognizing what the message was, but I got the message really loud and clear. That set up a pattern for me in my life of doing what everybody else wanted me to do in my life. I put my dreams, my aspirations, my desires on hold or in the background and did what everybody else wanted me to. And, um, you know, one of those things was excelling in music and getting awards, going to the university that my parents wanted me to go to, majoring in what they wanted me to major in. It was like there was this unwritten track, this formula for what my life was supposed to look like, graduate high school, go to college, get a degree, get a job teaching, get married, have kids. And I was very obedient to following all that. And then when I, when my husband, my first husband and I divorced, um, I was pretty lost for a while. And then I married again and here it was again. Oh, I've got this, you know, man that's in my life and he wants me to do this and he loves me. And if he does, if I don't do what he wants, he's not going to love me kind of thing. And I became a financial advisor because that was what he wanted me to do. And I was very good at it, but I was, um, it was killing me, literally killing me. Our marriage tanked. Um, my health was in the tank. And I tried for about three years, five years into doing this. It took me about a, three years for nobody listened to me. I kept telling people, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I'm miserable. This is killing me. You know, and I had health issues, marriage had issues. I had emotional, mental health issues. And finally, one day I just said, I've had enough. I went and filed for divorce and I called my HR department and said, I can't do this anymore. And they said, don't quit, don't quit. We'll take you out on you know, a leave for a year. And it was at that point that my husband that I'm married to now, 20 years, um, woke up and realized something was really wrong. So I lived on that side of life where I wasn't fulfilling my life purpose, wasn't living with what I was designed for. And in 2008, I started a journey to figure out what my life purpose was and how to heal from everything I'd been through. And unfortunately, there wasn't anybody there to help me through the healing process. You know, this is back before I was introduced into the healing world, personal development world. I live in a little tiny rural community. There wasn't any help here. And it took me going through all of this on my own, just me and God, um, to get to where I found healing. And when I did, I determined that I would be available for other women so they'd never have to struggle alone to find healing in their life. a lot of people can relate to all of that yeah. <laughs> do you find that when you're working with people absolutely and we all go through our own struggles you know that's part of life right um 
and people are starting to wake up a little bit more. We're starting to understand that we have tools, we have resources available, and we can start gifting those to our children and to our grandchildren, to our friends, to our clients, to help the people get through those struggles in life. You know, we're we're not ever going to be without struggles. The beauty is finding the tools to help us get through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So on your journey and in your healing process, you were also mes- mentioned that you allowed the energy to th- flow through you when we were talking just now. Yeah. Um, do you connect with divine? Do you have a connection with divine or what do you call divine? Like, but we'll just start with that. Well, God for me, but I- I'm not opposed to any um, terminology you want to use, whatever works for you, you know, that helps you have that connection. It was really, a, a, I will never forget this as long as I live. It was such a significant moment. I spent about six months just sitting on my couch after I left my financial advisor position. And I did a lot of crying and a lot of reading and a lot of prayer and a lot of just, you know, listening and the self-directed healing, just me and God. And one day it was in April of uh, 2009. One day I got up and have you ever seen that Claritin commercial where it's very blurry and then they peel the film back and everything's clear at that point? That literally happened to me. I took a step after I got up off the couch and the film peeled back. And the next thing that happened was the switch got turned on on my left arm. It was like God just reached down, went flip and flipped me back on again. And I woke up. And I can only tell you that I was in this not awake state. And from that moment on, I was awake. And it was uh, a wow, wow moment. And now with the work that I do, I know what that was. So we call it our God switch. And when we go through tremendous trauma, our God switch can get turned back on. We can lose that connection with divine. Um, And when we heal, we can reconnect with divine and be available for all of the gorgeousness that comes with that. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yes I'm recalling my own and I and I don't want to share my own just because I have shared it before and I want to make sure that this is about you but yes I remember those moments and with just the film I remember with I had postpartum depression and I walked out one day she was my oldest when I had it she was 16 months old and I walked outside. I lived in Florida at the time. So it's like always clear skies, blue, 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 clear skies. And I walked outside and I literally looked up and I was like, huh, when did the sky get blue? Like, I was like, huh, when did that happen? <laughs> and, and I'm all covered with goosebumps right now. So I'm really connecting with that for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't the moment that I woke up, but it was just that one of those moments that you're like, what? What happened? Huh? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating because I had never felt anything like that before, mm-hmm. and um, I, it was it was like, oh, okay, I'm here now. What what's going to happen now? Mm, yes, and then it also makes me wonder if we're like, you know, have this avatar body, <laughs> and we're just sleuth programs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
I have no idea. I was just, that's just a random thought. So do you attribute your success to listening to your soul or to your divine guidance? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I've never advertised my business ever. And I've had a full practice since I started. And um, I have an ongoing conversation with divine all the time. <laughs> it's not constant. Um, I'm highly intuitive. Um, I see things, hear things, know things, feel things on my behalf and other people's behalves. Um, and people tell me when they're around me that they just feel a peace and that I have this energy and I'll be on Zoom meetings and somebody will private chat me and they're like, oh my God, your energy is so awesome. So something's obviously happening. You know, I feel it. Um, and I think that the availability that I give myself to connect with divine, to tap into that soul connection. I think it's a, it's a um, tangible thing. And that even though we're here on zoom or we're cities apart or countries apart, you know, the, the frequencies are there, the vibration goes out. So yes, I do attribute my success to that. Mm -hmm. Why is leading with your soul being your soul important to you i've lived both sides and the other side isn't where i ever want to be again it's miserable i was a, a angry mean ugly person you know and um i wasn't nice to people wasn't nice to myself um you know i um have a child who won't speak to me because she doesn't know me she knows the me before the healing <clears throat> and uh, she's carrying her own things around that and has her own healing journey around that. I don't ever want to live like that again. And here there's such a peace. There's such joy and happiness, you know, and I divide joy and happiness. I think they're different states of being. There's a connectedness that I have now in my life that I didn't have before. So mm -hmm. that's why it's important to me. Mm -hmm. Do you have a practice that you tune into? I do. I've developed it over years and it modifies every once in a while, but basically it's pretty much the same. I'm huge on self-care. And I, in fact, I just did a whole month on self-care um, in my email newsletters and then on my Instagram page. Um, and I'm hitting one of the seven pillars of self-care pretty much every day, if not multiple ones. I start my day, either, uh, most days I start with some type of meditation that may be on my cushion doing meditation. It may be a different type of meditation. Uh, I'm practicing physical self-care. So I exercise. I, I got a little mini trampoline. It's so much fun. They call them rebounders. And uh, I'm in my fifth week of working out on my rebounder. And, um, and now I'm going to be 64 in a couple of months. Okay. And so there's a lot that's about I'm aging. My, my thought with that was, I think I'd pee myself. I was, <laughs> and I have two kids and I'm 41. And I was out in the garage jumping because my little one wanted to be like, and like do, do the whole thing. And we were jumping around. Oh my goodness. I had to stop in the middle of it. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> 
jump, jumping on the trampoline. I'm like, oh my, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, the big trampoline may be a little bit different than the than the mini trampoline, but <laughs> one of my best friends said that. She goes, I'd be myself. I can't do that. Uh, you know, so I'm making sure I'm I'm connecting, I'm um exercising, I'm taking care of me. Um, I'm not a big journaler, you know, and I, I know a lot of people like journaling. I'm not a big journaler. I'm more of a download person. I get downloads and I get um, shifts from the downloads I get. And I think that's from this constant connection with divine that I have. Uh, you know, I take care of my space. I'd go do fun things. I'm social, you know, just all the things I stretch my mind. I uh, do a lot of uh, word puzzles, have you discovered Wordle on New I, York Times? I have not. Um, I know that I see that being posted, but I have not. So I have a question. As you were talking, it came up. You were talking about happiness and joy. Would you attribute happiness or connect happiness with the self-care? Because I feel like happiness is this choice. And we really, like, our minds are so dang powerful, but they're really quite dumb. Like, I, and I mean that in, like, a very loving way, but, like, our minds can kind of believe anything. And so if we're not continually feeding them what we do want to be feeling and thinking, even if we are intuitive, like we're, I don't know, maybe these are all just my beliefs, but it's just some observations I, I make. And so I was wondering if the consistent self-care that you are feeding your mind and your body and your being uh, helps connect with the happiness. So I would say that helps me connect with joy. Oh, it helps me. Happiness is circumstantial. When my husband walks in and brings me flowers, as he does pretty often, that's a happiness thing. But mm -hmm. then there's also joy that he gets me and knows that I love receiving flowers. So it can be both circumstantial and then it can be even deeper than that. I think the self-care practices that I have created um, help me build resilience and give me resources to use. And let me give you an example. I was driving in Houston one day and I was on a one-way street and there was a car coming the wrong way and the traffic was stacked across all lanes and he's heading right for me. And I just calmly looked over and saw that there was a driveway into a business that if I needed to, I could just turn left and get out of this guy's way. There was no fear. There was nothing, no al alarm. It was just a fact. Oh, this guy's coming at me. I can do this. That comes from meditation. That comes from having that resource of staying calm no matter what. So um, that's why self-care to me is of such importance and healing. Because when we are unhealed, we have a tendency to go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn very easily because we stay in that trauma response we stay in that heightened space of response when we heal we move away from that and have the ability to tap in to different ways to handle upset and difficulties that come our way hmm. yeah oh heaven where else should we take this call this this, this conversation um when we heal Hmm. When we heal, just that phrase, when you, when you said, when we heal, what would be some things that people would want to heal? Not like, what would, what would, what would be some things that would like in be indicators to people that they're like, you know, it's time for me to heal. Some obvious, like, <laughs> maybe that's like, I'm totally going off script, but eh. it's 
Okay. Um, you know, I'm just kind of doing a quick review of clients that I work with and, and the things that they show up with. Um, a big one is people who are, um, and this is such a trite word, but there's hardly another way to describe it. People who are stuck in life and, you know, they just can't get off center. They know they want to be doing something different with their life and they don't know how, you know, so there's something that's keeping them stuck, whether that's a limiting belief whether they have a sabotage pattern that's running, whether they've got some unresolved trauma that's contributing to why they're stuck. And how does stuck look? Well, you procrastinate. You don't take care of your finances. Your personal space is cluttered and unhealthy. You're not eating well. You're over um, indulging maybe in alcohol or recreational drugs, whatever your flavor of that is. Um, you know, you may be abusing sex uh, in unhealthy relationships. You know, all of these are indicators that you've got some healing available for you. You may be angry all the time. You may not feel anything. You know, all these are indicators. Um, there's some healing opportunities for you. And it's interesting because I've been in this healing space for so long. I still go through healing opportunities too. They're further apart and they're more intense. And uh, I had an instance that happened with uh, someone very close to me last May. And I wasn't angry. I was enraged. And there's a big difference between anger and being enraged. And it took me about two months of just sitting with it, listening, and being with the enraged. And muscle testing, uh, we haven't talked about muscle testing yet, um, whether I was ready to even enter the healing process yet. And I kept getting no, no, no. And then finally I got a, yeah, you're ready. But then that took me another three or four weeks of working through different parts of that healing process. And then I had something, uh, my husband was forced into retirement this last November, the week before Thanksgiving. And I was more upset about it than he was. And I was kind of upset on his behalf. I thought it was about a lack of integrity with the people that he was working with. But that wasn't it at all. And when I got to what it was, it was like, wow. But it showed up like that. And that was another one. It took me about six weeks to get to. And then when I got there, there was an unpacking that was very interesting to me. Because on a conscious level, I would have never, ever picked that that's what was underneath it all. Yeah. I appreciate that you share that. Because sometimes we as spiritual peeps think, oh, we're going to get there. And then what we're just going to be there. And then to know that you even continue to work on it. I do as well. Like I got emotional about something that was just said. And I was like, wow, when did I, when, when in my life have I experienced that? And like, what are the emotions around it? And for me, I would avoid my emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot, and a lot of that comes from what you all were sharing before of like, just trying to keep the peace, keep everybody else happy, like keep it all, keep it all cool. And so if, if I would feel something, I was like, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to feel. So we're just going to shove that down. It's all good. And but we're then, taught that. We're mm -hmm. taught that, you know, we hear phrases like, if you're going to cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Or we hear something like, well, big boys or big girls don't cry. You know, we're taught to avoid our emotions. And for some reason in our Western society, we've decided that emotions are a bad thing. And, and, you know, you see somebody being interviewed on TV after their, I don't know, some horrible tragedy just happened and it's like hours after it happened and they're crying and they're going, I'm so sorry, I'm crying. Don't apologize. This horrible thing happened, you know, feel your feels and it's okay. What we 
have the opportunity to help people with, guide people through, is using the appropriate tools to unpack those emotions and get there. I just I giggled because I just imagined like a football coach that like loses a game and actually expresses how he or she truly feels and not the they did a good job we're gonna get them next <laughs> have you watched Ted Lasso yet no oh my god I have to, I guess I should because so many people have recommended it to me so yeah I, I, there's this great there's this great character arc in Ted Lasso where he develops um anxiety attacks he starts having panic attacks and the way it's handled is so beautiful I just I love it because it's real and it, and it really happens and uh, they bring in a teen psychologist and he's reluctant to work with her and then he finally does I have other methods for helping people who are experiencing panic attacks but um, I love the fact that they're just oh this thing is happening let's talk about this thing that's happening yeah. mm -hmm. yes yeah do you have any final advice you would like to give us today? I do. I, I have one thing I want to talk about real quick that we didn't even touch on, and that's muscle testing. Oh, yes. And you did mention that. Yeah, go so, on. So um, I'm highly intuitive, and, and so I use muscle testing as a backup to my intuition. However, for people who are not as confident with their intuition or had as much experiencing tapping into it, there's a, a visceral and kinetic move that you can do physically called muscle testing and um, the way I teach my clients is we have a prep phrase that alerts the soul hey soul we're going to ask you to do the answering in this and it's beautiful because I found that once someone can muscle test accurately they never get wrong answers because when you're asking the soul to provide the wisdom and the knowledge for you the soul knows what you're here for the soul knows what your path is and uh, so I love muscle testing so I, I want to encourage everybody to find out about muscle testing and start using that as a way to make decisions in your life. My, um, and then that goes along with my advice. Find somebody you trust and you like and do the healing work. And, and it is interesting because some people will go, oh, I don't have anything to heal. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't have anything to heal until something hits them in the face. And then they're like, oh, how did this happen? Where did this come from? You know, and um, they have an, a, an awareness that maybe there is an opportunity for healing and there's lots of us out there you do one type I do a different type you know talk to people and find out which works best for you I tried traditional methods of of uh, therapy and traditional healing methods they didn't work for me because they never addressed the underlying issues yeah and I think also because I'm thinking about people that I care deeply about and there has to be like sometimes it doesn't even come to that oh I have something to heal like it it really <clears throat> like and like things can happen over and over and over in your life and you may not ever realize that there's something to heal like like you may just think oh this is just a way of life this is just how I respond like this is just but then you get something happens in your thoughts in your beingness that you're like what if I had a different reaction to that? Could I react differently? And, or maybe I'm responding the same for me. It was, I was having the same conversation to everyone mm -hmm. and getting this, like, I was like, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, whoa, I'm the common denominator. 
I shared that awareness at um, a woman's spiritual gathering. And this other woman who had been through several divorces had been like, she goes, whoa, 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 wait a second. Would I be the common denominator? Ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, I'm not pointing any fingers because I had to come with that, come up with that on my own. But if you've gone through several divorces and they all ended the same way and the man, men that you're attracting are all the same type of man. Yes. You are the common denominator amongst that. Exactly. And she's like, oh my God. You know, so like this like need to have a healing or, oh, that needs to be healed or that needs to, that can change. Like, it literally has to come when we're like ready for it because sometimes you're like that's just how I respond like I don't like this is oh this is how I am until you get to the point like I don't want to respond this way anymore exactly and you know I've had people say to me well that's just the way I'm wired Mm -hmm. okay do you enjoy life the way it is are you finding fulfillment are you finding that joy and happiness you know and and I agree with you a hundred percent that uh, you're going to keep repeating these same occurrences until you have an opportunity to choose to learn the lesson. Okay. And then when you learn that lesson, guess what? There's another one waiting for you. <laughs> and, uh, and there's seasons that, I mean, of, of myself and also of my clients, there's seasons when you do want to heal and there's seasons that you just want to take the action. Like, and, get- and they're all appropriate. And they're right. all, yeah. And I tell my clients, I was like, we are all in different, because even when I'm running group programs and stuff, I'm like, okay, somebody might be in a, let's heal this SHIT, or there might be some that are like, I just want to, I just want to get to work. You both are fine. And you both can be learning and processing and doing this all at the same time. Like, it's okay. Because like, for me, I would, I think I remember I was part of a a mastermind once and I just got to the point where I'm like I'm done over analyzing this and diving deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into my stuff like I've this is good for right now I'm just gonna move forward and when it's my next season and they thought I had like four heads and how could you do this and you need to keep going and one even said to me you mean to say that you don't want to continue doing this work Sarah and I'm like no not at this present moment like I will come back to it, but I've had my fill of healing right now. Like I need to like move forward. I also remember being part of a Buddhist retreat and we went to a Thai temple down in Tampa, Florida, when we were living down there and I meditated. All we did was meditate. And it's the the clearing of the mind, the Buddhist meditation, clearing the mind meditation. It was like four hours on Friday like 12 hours on Saturday and Saturday evening at like 10 o'clock, I turned to my friend and I'm like, I'm going to be a Buddhist school dropout. And I played Frenchie in high school musicals. I was like, I'm, I was a beauty school dropout in the high school musical. <laughs> I can be a Buddhist school dropout. And I'm like, I can't, like, I have so much that has downloaded to me. I have to take, I, I need to at least go for a walk. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So I yeah. just, I just always share that with people when, when they are going through a healing journey that it's okay if you have seasons that you want to dive into things and other seasons that you're like, I just want to live life. And you can do both simultaneously too. So you can, you can. And, you know, I, I, fortunately for me, I'm able to like move through those um, times in the day, you know, there's a time for this and there's a time for this. Okay. Now I'm going to go into this 
And, but, but I want to go back to this point about resources. When we do these things, when we choose the opportunity for healing and when we create those resources for ourselves, you never know when they're going to show up, when the need for them is going to show up, you know? So I think it's important to have that in your back pocket all the time, you know, go out, do your fun, you know, go to the beach, whatever you're going to do, you know, go to the mountains, you know, go hang gliding. I don't care. But when something shows up, you don't have to go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. You can go, I've got a tool that'll help me get through this and go back to enjoy hang gliding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you can do that. Um, I I, I want to say one more thing. And um, that is when we're in upset, it's never about them. It's always about us. And our upset creates an opportunity for us to look inward to see where that's coming from. Uh, and I heard, I love David G. He, he's a, I don't know if you know who David G is. He's on insight timer and he teaches meditation. He's a Buddhist meditation teacher. And your story about Buddhist meditation is really cute. He does, he does those, but I haven't gone to one of those. Um, I, I, I can do about 20 or 30 minutes and that's about it for me. <laughs> I'm tapped out at that point, but he was telling a story in, in a class the other day about how he was at Starbucks and he was writing content and a guy is standing literally like five or four feet from him and he's talking very loudly on his cell phone and he found himself getting upset about this guy you're being disruptive why don't you move 15 feet to the left you know get away from me he wanted to say all these things and then he realized oh hold on send about the guy this is about me where is this reaction from me being fueled and, and that's what i have learned for me as angry and miserable and and just you know a wreck that i was it was never about them it was always about me. And the reframe came for me when I met someone who asked me what gave me the courage and strength to do what I did, leave a very successful six-figure job and take a stand for myself. And I always like to come back to that, that when we do this, when we take a stand for ourselves, it's, at, it's from a place of courage and strength. We might feel like it's from fear or failure, but when we just take a stand for ourselves, it's always from a place of courage and state and strength. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Thank you for that. And how is the, or what is the best way to connect with you? Right now I'm super in, uh, active on Instagram. I've got a website redo going on and a brand refresh. So I will not send you to my website because that's <laughs> crazy right now, but, um, Instagram Judith.forceforTransformation is the best way to get me. I just finished up a whole series on self-love and self-care for February. So there's lots of reels in there about that. March is going to be all about creating the life of your dreams. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, I look forward to, I'll put all that information in the show notes and how you can connect with her. And I'll look forward to March's um, creating the life of your dreams. And thanks for joining us today. Sarah, thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you for tuning into this episode. For more information about the guest and how to listen to your divine guidance, please click on the episode description. So much love to you. See you soon. Mm -hmm.